to help us know where we are in the process of our Lexio Divina experience. Along the way, I plan to identify each stage or movement with a Latin word, as well as an English word that's not a translation, but a word that I think will be easier to recall. And I also want to say, feel free to move right through this with me, or if you need, pause in order to take a little bit more time. You know, the ancient practitioners of Lexio Divina, they, they often like to say that through scripture, God speaks to us, and through prayer, we speak to God. One of the implications is that Lexio Divina is a conversation, not only with the text, but also with God for whom the biblical text gives voice. So it's really important that we begin by establishing a space conducive to meaningful conversation, to which I'm assigning the Latin word invocatio and using the English word ready. So the first thing we need to do, make sure you were in a place with minimal distractions. And if you need a moment to go find that place, then please pause and go do that right now. Once you're in a good place, I want you to identify to God things that might preoccupy you or distract you from the conversation with God. One thing I do sometimes is I will imagine Jesus before me with open and outstretched hands, and I'm placing these preoccupations in his hands for safekeeping for another time. So I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Right now, what I'd like you to do is just in your own words, welcome God into the space where you are and just thank Him for being here. Let's do that. One more thing in trying to really be focused and attentive to God, being primarily aware of his presence and that the two of you are initiating a conversation. So now in your own words, ask him to reveal himself to you through your reading and reflection. Sometimes I'll pray something like, Lord, help me to hear you. Help me to comprehend the implications for my own life of what you reveal in the scripture. Help me to recognize any specific invitation that you give to me. I want to be both informed and also formed by your word. All right, your turn.
this Lexio experience that we're having uh, is working in conjunction with a sermon that you listened to this past week. So let me just say this to kind of identify the context in which we're working here. We often see our weakness as a disqualifier. Instead of seeing it as part of the very condition that allows God to reveal his power, that allows God to shine and and do what only he can do. So with that in mind, today we're going to be exploring Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, which essentially is the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary about her conceiving Jesus. What I like to do is I want to read the text first, and I just want you to listen. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to read it for yourself. So as you listen, just try to take note of what seems to be capturing your attention from the text. It, it might be a simple word. It might be a phrase. It might be kind of the whole process that unfolds in the text. Maybe it'll be something new to you or that just seems important. Maybe something that affirms you or even provokes you. It might elicit a desire or you might find it elicits some resistance. Pay attention to that. This is probably where God is speaking to you. You might even find yourself having an unexpected emotional response to some part of the text. For me, that's often the clue that this is where God is at work. So, let me read the text. We're in Luke chapter 1. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel said to her, Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
right now I want to give you a chance in your own translation to read this text so you can begin now Right now that we've read the text, we're moving to the next phase that is referred to as meditatio. And I'm using the English word reflect. And at this phase of Lexio Divina, we're, we're asking ourselves, what are the implications of this text for my life? What does it mean to me? How is it speaking to my life? And, and do I hear a specific invitation from God, something either God is offering me or asking of me. When we look at the text, I, I find this really interesting that after the angel's announcement, Mary doesn't raise issues over the historical conditions or her lineage or even her devotedness to God. But what she does do is points out to the angel Gabriel what she sees as the glaring flaw in his plan. And basically she says, and this is in my own words, but I'm not married and I'm not having sex and I won't be having sex for a while. So bearing a child really isn't possible. Here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to think about something that you have desired or desiring to do for God or something you think he wants you to do or to be. And then what is the condition in your life or a condition that you're likely to raise with him as a disqualifier? Why this good thing is not possible for you? why this thing that God wants just can't happen. And I want you to think about that for a little bit here. All right.
continuing on with the text, and I'm using my own words, I'm paraphrasing here. Gabriel replies to Mary, oh no, that, that's not a problem. In fact, the Holy Spirit's going to do this. So the child will be holy and, and called the Son of God. Nothing is impossible with God. In fact, I hear him say, no, th this is perfect. Because it's ver this very condition that will allow God to shine. For God to reveal his power in you to do what only he can do. So my, my question I want you to consider is, what if this weakness or this fault or condition that you've identified in your own life is the very thing that allows God to do what only he can do? Can you imagine in your own life God providing the power to do what you think isn't possible? Think about this. What do you think God wants to do? What might his answer be to your objection to the thing you are most desiring or you know he is desiring for you? Now we're at what is referred to as oratio, which is really a personal response of prayer. I'm using the English word respond for this movement in Lexio Divina. And so some of the questions are, how do you want to respond to what you're hearing from God? What, what are you thinking or feeling at this point as you process the, the text and, and God's voice to you? What do you want to say to him? And I encourage you, just be honest. Just tell him what is really in your heart, and what's really in your mind. That's what we do at Oratio. Thinking about the text, I love Mary's response to Gabriel, again paraphrasing, oh, okay, then here I am. Let it be according to your word. Here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to respond to what God is saying to you, what he's offering to you, and tell him what you want. Tell him what you need to be able to respond to him, to be open to him. Tell him what it would take for you to say yes to his offer, to his invitation.
Or if you're already there of saying yes in your heart, express it to him in your own words. what is referred to as contemplatio. I use the English word receive because this is actually about impartation. Contemplatio just creates a space in our engagement with God in Scripture where God can do his work in us, where God's grace, power, and provision can be given to us. You know, it could be that like right now in the process of this time, or maybe earlier, somewhere along the way as we're doing this Lexio exercise, you sense that God was trying to do something in you. Or you became aware of what God wanted to do for you. What is it that he wants to give you? How can you let him know that you're open to that, that you welcome his action in you and the work of the Holy Spirit. Express that to him now. The ancient practitioners of Lexio Divina always saw transformation as a significant goal in this process, whether in the immediate experience of one exercise of Lexio Divina or over time. And I'm referring to this last thing with the Latin word operatio, dealing with everything working out in the very practical operations of our lives. And I'm using the English word resolve. So we can close our time by committing ourselves to be open from beyond this point to what God started doing in today's session. Asking that he would bring clarity over time about what this text means, and what it means particularly for your life. So close by praying that ultimately what he's revealed might take root in your life.
Let me conclude our time by just suggesting that if you have a notebook or journal, take a few minutes on your own time to write down what seems important to you from this experience of Lexio. And you might ask yourself, is there anything that I can share with my community group from this experience? Or is there something that they can help me with or pray with me from what took place in this encounter? God bless you.